Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be as awkward this time, Jim. Hello. Are you sure you're not gonna be awkward? Because you see, you're awkward I'm already. really awkward. Anyway, so this week, uh, I did a thing today. Actually, Let, let's talk about that first. Oh, you did. I bought. I bought something off of Sweetwater. You have not. You know, we talk way too much. We're like. We're like. Yeah, I know. We're like bromance guys, and you have yeah, not told me. My this wife today. has said this. Uh, so. Yeah, no, I bought a uh, I bought a Digitech Trio today. I bought off Sweetwater for fifty you, bucks. You did say you were thinking about it, so you did get it. No, huh? I bought I bought one off Trio for, or I bought one off uh, Sweetwater for fifty bucks. Nice. Uh, kind of connects with our tools uh, podcast, the Toolcast, yeah. which is how I will refer to that episode from now on. Uh-huh. Um, I I just wanted to get one uh, to try it out and to play around the house, and I didn't know a whole lot about them. So what I did was I basically bought something sight unseen. Uh, I had seen some demonstrations, I guess, but I don't really remember the feature set all that much, and I know kind of what the concept is, so I guess that's as close as I get. Um, now, granted, I am buying new, so sight unseen is not necessarily the uh, the uh, numb du jour here, I guess, yeah. which my French is terrible. Maybe Cole's wants to correct me on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the whole point is that um, I want to start talking about, for this episode, things that you have bought or what you will or what you won't buy without having touched it oh this is a tough one for me you know the truth is there's very little musically i will buy without having at least played one if not the exact one i've got and i'll tell you why um when it comes to tone i can watch 300 videos and i can prove to you beyond the shadow of a doubt that my way of playing when they say the tone is in the fingers i am proof in, uh, I am what do they call it <laughs> proof in the pudding um, that that is true because I cannot cannot play a, a uh, rig I don't care whose it is I don't care you can down tune your guitar to C and I will still sound like you've got everything tuned up high it's just the way I play it's just the way I pick it's a, I've had people go, you do not, oh, yeah, you do. You do make it sound really twangy. So I have to, everything, everything has to be um, set up to That's dark. where the less Paul finish comes from. You got it. I have All to have right. dark dark guitars or I sound like I'm, you know, oh, there goes the train. You'll be good as you get older and you get into them jazz boxes, you know, since we're going to be ages now. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I, I'm teasing you. Come I had a friend. On. I, I shared it on my Facebook page. I've got a friend that's uh, um, selling his three three five. I don't know if I consider that a jazz box, but it's in that it's in that ballpark. It's getting there. It's yeah. like halfway to being a jazz box. You yeah, know? yeah. It's not at one seventy five or anything no. like that. Yeah, we're f- um, so yeah, uh, let's start out. I guess we I guess we should approach this from different things that you buy, right? Yep. So we'll buy strings sight unseen for sure. Um, it's where th- things become a problem is when they become used. Yes. And, at least in my mind. So yes. we're gonna we're gonna limit this to used stuff. Uh, yep. So used guitars. Will you buy used guitars sight unseen? Now Jim has already said no. no right? Never. Never. I, I will never do it. 
I have done this. Mm. I think. Let me let me think back. Yes, yes, I have. I bought a used base. Uh, I bought a, and actually, this is a cool story. I bought a used jazz base off of somebody in Sixty Cycle Hum before the junkyard group ever started. Uh, and his name escapes me. He knows who he is if he's listening. Um, I bought a jazz base, and he sent me. Uh, I think I bought it for like three fifty, which wasn't a great deal, but I got Bartolini pickups with it. Or something like that. They're hand wired pickups that are with it. Nice. And then he gave me the he gave me the original pickups, and then he also gave me an additional pick guard, and yeah. uh, I, I got a set of strings with it as well, and the adjustment tools and a case and all that good stuff. So for three fifty, I basically walked out with you know what you would get from the store when you bought it and a set of pickups. Uh, I still have the original pickups. I've never reinstalled them in it. I'm using the uh, the hand wired ones that he had produced for the guitar. Uh, really like that bass. Like it, I, I bonded with it right away. So I I just got I just got lucky basically is what happened. Um, I've never bought any other um, guitar sight unseen I don't think, and that and that's mostly because it's a wear item and depending on how you play it, like it's gonna feel different, especially used. And the kind of guitars that I would be into would be ten years plus older, and I tend to look for things that have been pretty well abused and used uh, live a lot. Because that's kind of a a good way to you know vet an instrument. Now, don't get me wrong. I would you I would buy. I have bought, and I will continue to buy used gear. Oh but yeah, until, absolutely. Before that money changes hands, I need I need to pick it up and I need to strum it and I need to play it. And if yeah, if I mean, I possible through my own rig. Yeah. I, well, that's the other thing. Um, there's another component of this. You know, I always take like when I'm going to buy a guitar. I will take as much of my rig as I is is feasible to get into the store to play stuff to test with because you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Like, I mean, uh, one guitar can sound like one thing through one thing and then another through another. And then, of course, you put pedals in the mix and you change the impedance and it levels the pickups and all that and how hard things are being driven. And I, it can get really crazy. That's why so it's hard best- for me when you see a YouTube video and the person on the YouTube video says, oh, yeah, I'm playing through, you know, I'm playing this uh, uh, brand new Fender Mustang, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, that thing sounds awesome. But what you don't know. I have laughed so hard about this exact concept. Why can't every YouTube demo be done with two amps, a Marshall Plexi of some sort, and a deluxe reverb? Everybody knows what those sound like. Absolutely. And and then use a, a Strat and a Les Paul. Right, if you're gonna if you're gonna demo an amp, give me a Strat, give me a Les Paul, or give me a Telecaster and give me a Les Paul. If you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna demo a, a guitar, go to the standards. I mean, now Wampler does that when he does yeah. his pedals, no, he gets demos. Yeah. He gets it. He says, "Okay, I'm going through." He doesn't even. It's not like, "Oh, here's my new Wampler head." No, he goes through. Um, a plexi type guitar or amp, and then he goes through a, um, a clean Fender amp. That that pedal show, they do the same thing. Now yep. they might use something like a Lazy J or whatever, but they tell you this is basically modeled on a Fender Deluxe, or this is modeled on because they understand that there's really only three types of amps in the world. I know that there's all these like class subclassifications and subgenres, but there's Fenders, there's Marshall Plexis, and then there's uh, boxes. And then all that stuff has lineages that come out like fingers from it. 
But basically, those are the three ant families. That's right. That's the three, the three kings, the three wise men. However you want to say it, you know, those are the. And th- number four might be Mesa, but that, but that's, uh, but even that's yeah. fender driven. Exactly. And and uh, there's there's people out there that that rightly so. Marshall started out fender driven. Marshall started out uh, yeah. modeling after fenders. So in in reality, fender is the grandfather of all. Um, and Vox on the other side, because there was the other yeah. side of the water where Fender was not. It, yeah. it, people forget that there was a time when Fender was not in the UK yet, you know. Yeah. But they were all import guitars, right? Right, and you and so Vox was the the thing over there. And by so, import, I mean brought in by a sailor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where you know there were people, yeah, they would pay um, merchant marines and so so on and so forth to get their gear yeah. over there. The Cliff Richard story. Yep, yep. The old yeah. Cliff Richard story. He got he got um, his whole band, red Stratocasters and uh, um, a not a jazz bass or a precision bass, one of the three. Yeah, but I, they were all I red. Yeah. They were yeah. all red, just red. And that was a big thing. That was Hank Marvin and the, the Marvinettes or whatever. It was. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it was. It wasn't the Shadows. <laughs> yeah, the Shadows. That's a Hank okay. Marvin and and his folks. And if it wasn't for Hank Marvin doing that. Fender really wouldn't have had the takeoff that they did over there. And the red would not be the color du jour for the longest time in that. In that well, thing. I think I think eventually they probably would have picked up over there. I think it was no, more or less. You know, I mean, I mean, the, the rush of it. The oh, huge, yeah. Huge no, rush. like that whole like everybody, everybody selling out of every Fender they could get their hands on kind of deal. Yeah, right. Right. For sure. For sure. But anyway, um, yeah, we you know, it's hard for me. Um, you know, it, it, again, you get to where, okay, the, the, now we talk about the guitars, the big three. Okay. There is a fourth. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. So you got Les Paul, right? You don't even have to talk about any other Gibsons, honestly, Les Paul, yeah. Stratocaster, Telecaster. And if you're going to go to a fourth guitar, you got to pick up like an Ibanez, um, you know, with a, uh, floating bridge type thing. Cause honestly, Ibanez is its own thing when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, they may look a bit stratish. Uh, they, but the but the neck profiles, right? Uh, the flat Completely. fretboards. I mean, they're even flatter than than Gibson stuff. Yeah, and the wizard necks are. It's a whole another animal. Like it, it, it only bears a uh, minor resemblance to what you would get from uh, what they would call a strat. You know, it's a super right. strat style design. Right, an IBM. So, uh, if you play an Ibanez Prestige. Um, again, oh, I want one of those. Anyway, if you, uh, if you play an Ibanez, Jim, just prestige, just make it happen. I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, from Japan, and you play that that wizard neck, that that the super wizard profile neck. You'll go, oh yeah, that is a completely different thing than what I've been playing. And I'm used to a flat. But again, that's like you said, the Les Paul. Um, for me, I love that flat neck. I I had a heck of a time playing my Fender all the time because it was it, it felt like I was playing a circular thing. I don't know. You know, some and, people and love that, that. Some people that love Fender that. radius whole the whole Fender radius thing can be like can be really daunting for for players because there are so many different ones. They've done seven oh, and yeah. a half. They've done nine and a half. Twelve. Um, they do compounds now. Yep. So yeah, you know, and I, I I don't know what's on my Gino. I think it's like a seven. It's a seven or an eleven, 
and I believe it's a compound radius. And I now want compound. Like I don't want to do anything else other than compound radius neck. Yeah, doesn't make any sense because I because I had a I have a seven and a half inch uh, fender, uh, and it frets out around the twelfth fret when you do bends. So it's it's not useless. It's just one of those things kind of annoying. Um, it's not real bad. Like it'll still ring out, but you can hear some some buzz there. Anyway, uh, yeah. So there are these big companies um, behind this, but let's get back to where we were, where we were originally starting, which is the whole idea of you know buying things sight unseen. Right, and um, that and that goes to that sight unseen thing. What are you using for a rig to de- demonstrate that? And of course, that's that's for new gear. Now we get to that used gear, and we get to that. Would you buy a used amp? Sight unseen. I have bought a oh. used amp sight unseen, and I have a I have a horror story. Okay, yeah, um, let's hear it. Now I kind of knew what I was getting myself into. Actually, I didn't buy this. I helped my friend buy this. Okay, so what happened was uh, he was in the market for a nice tube amp for around five hundred bucks. So I immediately said, "Hey, everybody else uses Fender Hot Rod Deluxes. Let's get you one. You want to? You're into that tone. Let's do it." So I get on Reverb. And I find one locally, uh, actually about 45 minutes drive from my house, and uh, I arranged to buy it for him. And the price of this was $250. Now, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. But I already knew there was something wrong with it because in the post it said, reverb doesn't work. I'm like, okay, reverb, no big deal, right? So I buy it, and uh, I'm going to use some terms here that – People probably won't necessarily uh, like, but the, the guy was a hipster. He's a young, young hipster. Uh, pulled up with his girlfriend in the uh, city parking lot, the area where we were at, and agreed to meet. Gets out of the car, doesn't shake my hand, doesn't say hello, says, are you David? I said, yes, of course. And then uh, took the amp. Got home, plugged it in, clean channel's great. Gets real loud, just like uh, your normal hot rod deluxe will. Uh, and then I hit the channel switch. Nothing. And the reverb doesn't oh, work either. Oh, no. The effects loop does not work. Uh, so, basically, I bought a clean channel. Uh, now, fortunately, my friend kind of, he was real cool about it. He was like, hey, uh, you know, I have another amp, so it's not a huge deal. Uh, we'll just live with it for the time being. We only really need the clean channel, and then we'll fix it later. So, actually, I'm just now going through this whole process. Uh, got it fixed this week i uh, bought this amp i think a year ago now i uh, got it fixed this week uh turns out it was all the 12 volt power rails, rails were fried uh as a result of bad relay so there was a lot of board work that had to be done i think it was 200 bucks with tubes for repair we went ahead and had that had them replace a bunch of tubes so it's so not now your 200 your 250 amp was 450 dollars. yep yep but i will say this uh, at the time we purchased, they were going for 500 So we still so didn't come you still, you still were okay. Now, yeah. and, and again, that's why when you said 250 bucks, I'm like, okay, I can see what's coming. You're going to have to put some money into it. Yeah. You know, and we didn't have to do the tubes. Yep. Actually, the whole repair cost would have been 100, 150 bucks. Yeah. So but you may I as well put looked, tubes in it while you're in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah we went ahead and go, put the power tubes in and had them biased because they had it open anyway. So it was another – it was 40 bucks for tubes with labor. So – uh, that's from Good Time Music. I think we talked about them on another episode. So, um, yeah. but uh, they they took good care of it, care of me, and uh, I actually have to go pick it up either this weekend or next weekend. So, I did, about two hundred bucks. I, I did everything I could not to sing the 
the um, good times uh, that, <laughs> theme song. I appreciate. I appreciate good that. Times. Um, so, it, uh, the reason that uh, I'll tell you why I won't buy an amp sight unseen because I can't plug it in and try it out. Right. It's not realistic for me to go unless I can come to your home or you have like a, a guitar shop or something we can meet at where I can plug it in, turn it up, turn it on, pop, and and play it. And, and if right. I can't do that, how am I going to know that it's going to be all right? Now, I'm going to I'm going to throw some information out here real quick, rapid fire. Hopefully this can make sense to some people. Go. For me, for me with amplifiers. Okay, so you buy a used amplifier. Put some money aside because you're going to have to do repairs to it. I don't yes. care if you buy it from Guitar Center. I don't care if you buy it from your buddy Jim who does tube amp repair. Something's going to be wrong with it or something's going to happen to it. One of the tubes is going to be about to go or whatever when you get it. Makes no difference. Just plan on doing it. If right. you build that into your until into your effective cost thinking, just understand you're not getting as good a deal on this thing as you think you are when you buy it. Right. It never works out that way. Now, at the same time – uh, understand that I, I think there's this whole vintage gear thing going on right now where people are like, okay, look, I want these, you know, 70s strats and the inexpensive vintage gear, the stuff that's not like, you know, four or $5,000. Right, because it's CBS era strats and yeah. – Right. So now if you were going to – if you were going to be like, okay, I want a vintage amp. I know, I know, I know everybody says this is the coolest thing in the world, but listen – there are so many good amps out there that are modern production that are half or a quarter of the cost of a vintage amp. Yep. I know that there's a there's a difference in in tonality, but it's diminishing returns. Because right. let's face it, a '60s era deluxe reverb. Let's say you buy a '65 versus a '65 reissue. Yep. You buy that '65, it's been gigged to death right. when you got it. You could lose right. a transformer. And that's a very expensive repair. We're not talking yeah. tubes. We're talking transformers. And now you don't have a 65. Yeah, you're now you have... replacing something like the Transformer, you no longer have a 65. You replace that because speaker, you, can't you no get longer that have... Transformer anymore. That's right. They don't make them anymore. And even if you could get one that was the same period spec... correct. Right. They, they don't make period correct because they can't be exported. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That, so that, that's the stuff like you got you've got to be under, understanding and aware of that when you're getting into this vintage stuff. Granted, I, that's it's why still I don't buy cool. it. <laughs> a lot of people love no, but a lot of people love the look. And I understand that the look is fine. Go for the look all day long. But just realize if you're a bedroom player and you're buying a, a, like a legit 65 deluxe reverb, which I think they're going for what, like thirty five hundred now between yeah. two thousand thirty five. Yeah, yeah. You could have bought two. Yes. No. Three reissues for that money. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, you could, you could. And 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 realistically, yes, they don't sound the same, but they're really freaking close. Well, you're I not. I mean, I know you're not Joe Bonamassa. Hey, hate mail, well, Joe. Bo I said Joe Bonamassa's name, so I'm instantly yeah. gonna get hate mail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> send your hate mail to this episode. <laughs> send your send your hate emails hate to practicalguitaristpodcast at gmail dot com. Yep. So um, that, what I was saying was uh, essentially, you know, fight the urge to go for the vintage thing. There's a difference between vintage and used. Used is like new production, but maybe slightly, you know, used. Yeah, but whereas no, vintage is like run through the mill. Right, but let, let's um, so let's look at w when you're going to purchase something. Let's say let's say I'm I'm in the uh, I'm in the market for a, a speaker. Okay, uh, right now. 
So I'm looking for a vintage 30, Celestian vintage 30. Okay. And I need it. I want an eight ohm, not a 16 ohm. So that I can put it in my other um, DSL 40C because I like the way that the vintage 30 is rocking my other, v, um, my used uh, DSL 40C, uh, Marshall. So if I'm going to get uh, a vintage 30, see, I really don't have any way to test that. None. So I have no protection except for the person going, yup, it works. I took it out of my speak, my uh, cabinet. I'm shipping it to you. You put it in yours. That's all I have. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so that's another thing. Buying vintage, buying used parts, specifically things that have solder on them. That's always like a weird thing to me. Yep. I don't know if it's right or wrong to perceive it this way, but like I've had pickups where the leads break at the, the solder joint. And they're pretty much toast at that point. I mean, I suppose you probably could fix them, but like for the cost of a pickup, is it really worth trying to trying to you know unwrap well, one coil of wire? That super for a set thin of bare stuff? knuckles, it is. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, with bare knuckles, you could probably send them to them. They do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but if you, you know if you have a Seymour Duncan, you're not going to go through that trouble. Like if it's a TP Seymour Duncan, you're just gonna you're just gonna toss it. And exactly. I've done that before. Um, oh yeah. yeah. But but my my point is. Um, once you have something that actually has to physically be installed in something mm-hmm. or is subject to some sort of physical abuse, like physical forces where you're hitting it with your hand or whatever, I get kind of weird about that. Like, I don't know that I would necessarily do use pickups for that reason. Yeah. I'm sure it's probably fine. Uh, a lot of pickups probably don't even get used that much. They get thrown in and then thrown out like almost as, almost as quickly as they're put in. I get the feeling that um, most used pickups, yeah, are because somebody bought a guitar like we're going to do with the Shang Zs. They buy yeah. a guitar – and then they and we just toss the pickups right out of that throw right the box. Out. Yeah, they're brand new. Yeah. Uh, they're effectively brand new. Now, one of our uh, one of our listeners, uh, Nick Bombers, uh, who runs Great Lake uh, Custom Pickups, mm-hmm. I think that's the name of his company. Uh-huh. Uh, he he might want to weigh in on this. I, I might ask him about that, and we probably should get him on the show and talk to him. Yeah, you know what? That's um, a good idea. You should set that up. That. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Since I've been setting that. up all the other interviews. I know, Jim. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, it's all right. Interview questions, and I'm just getting buried. Hey, right don't forget those interview questions because I really. Need I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're my studio uh, guy. I gotta trust you. I, I, they're good questions. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Good. They're, I haven't seen them, but I'm, I'm trusting you. I, you could tell me because just like the used car thing, I have no idea. <laughs> They're on my the studio. Guy. They're on my screen right now as I'm looking at him. I see the word metal in here, so awesome. that's that's yeah, a hit is, for everybody. He is definitely metal, very metal. Oh yeah, so yeah. But anyway, um, and he's got a Christmas special going on. That's why I want to get him in here and and uh, let him plug his Christmas special that he's doing. Now, I one time saw on Craigslist somebody selling a set of used bass strings. Uh huh. Really, S- yeah. strings. Oh, come yes. on. Oh, that's got skin and stuff. Ah, oh, that's gross. Oh, they boiled them. They boiled them. They I don't care. In the I don't care. Ah, oh, that's just gross. That's like saying, yeah, I got a, a set of used underwear. I boiled them. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's a market for it, but. Uh, I agree. I've always questioned the uh, women's changing room thing because I'm like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, this is just a little weird for uh, me. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do changing room stuff. I'm like, uh, I have a male oh. friend I'll take the stuff off the to, back of the rack, please. <laughs> I have a male friend who used to work at Victoria's Secret, uh-huh. and the stories he will tell you about the changing rooms there. Oh. When, all right, let's, all let's, I can say is I can't. 
Don't say anything. Don't say anything. I can't say it on the podcast because it's too ludicrous. It's not yeah. sexual. It's just gross. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just insanely gross. Yeah. But uh, yeah, ask me after we get done, and I'll tell you. So I got to uh, tell you, if you really want to know in the podcast or in the podcast group. Go ahead and send me a private message. That's right. I'll clue you in. Or I might or introduce you to my email <laughs> us at or email us at uh, practicalguitaristpodcast at gmail.com. And and, ha- and have a strong stomach. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had I had a uh, a thing like that. That's why I, I threw my shoulder out, and it was definitely a not a good story. But now I'm hurting like crazy. But anyway, <clears throat> so yes, yeah, so we're back to. I'll probably have to cut all that stuff out. So we're back to. Um, well, you can leave it in. There was nothing gross in there. That's true. All right, so guys, um, one of the um, uh, one of the things that you know, I again, I will buy a used guitar. Love, I love guitars, and I'll buy a used guitar in a heartbeat if it's a good one. Matter of fact, I'm looking at two prestiges right now. But the um, uh, and I'm trying to figure out should I get one? Should I? Uh, I really want one. Anyway, um. If, if you can picture this, you know, you're, you're going out, you're going to try to buy a guitar. I don't know about you, but this is what I do. I have one of those, I have a Black Star Fly 3. I okay. bring my Black Star Fly 3 with me, I plug it in, and I play through it. Now, of course, these two guitars I'm looking at are in the store. But if I was going to go meet Joe Schmo in a parking lot to buy a guitar... Yeah. That's not we, a bad idea. We should also we should also make this caveat, and I'm sure you guys have heard this a million times, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this: don't meet somebody in a place that isn't public, isn't well lit, and um, has a lot of traffic. Okay. I, I to be to be honest with you, and this is gonna sound horribly irresponsible, but uh, always take somebody with you. Yes. I don't care if it's your significant other or whatever, because there's always safety in numbers, and I actually have been known to do deals. With a gun in the back of my car. That being said, it's cased and it's stored appropriately. But you never know who you're going to deal with. And I have met some people who are straight up freaky. Yeah. So so I've – everybody that I've met to sell things to um, has had a gun on their hip. I live in Virginia, so we have – That's um, no – yeah, that's common. Open carry or what I call – is it open carry? Uh, But – Open or concealed depending on permit. Yeah, these guys are open carry. Um, And – but every single one of them has sent a gun right out. They always shake the hand. We always have a good thing. But I meet at 7-Eleven at a busy corner at a busy time of day, 5 o'clock in the evening. I know there's a boatload of people going by there. There's cops all over the place. Now here, cops will let you come to the cop station to do – Yeah, we have that too. We have that. a police station drop-off as well. Yeah. I've never used it. But I will say this much. I am uh, – I, I, I like to think of myself as kind of tactically minded. I always show up before they do. Yep. So if we're going to meet, I'm there 20 minutes early. Uh, I try to pick a place that's well lit. I try to pick a place where uh, I feel like I have the upper hand casually. Right. You know, in the sense that they're not going to be able to pull anything. Absolutely. Um, I know of a – person who did a craigslist deal that they got uh somebody actually threatened them with a wrench uh craigslist deal so that's part of the reason why i'm i'm a little anal about it um i hate the fact that i have to go with family i try to go with friends when possible especially male friends uh because people feel like they can take less advantage i know that sounds ridiculous and sexist but it's the truth and um, it is but unfortunately it's it's a truth that uh we have 
But then again, they see a wimpy yeah. guy like me, and they're gonna think I can take advantage of me. Anyway. Yeah, I try not to look wimpy, but I'm. <laughs> yeah, man, people I'm know better. Foot. They look at me and go, "Ah, yeah, easy target." Um, yeah. So, I, I again, like you, I try to, I try to do that. But I just wanted to throw that out there because we want people to be uh, safe when they do things like this. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm saying this. Don't bring a gun if you don't know anything about this. Don't do that. That's right. But, but protect yourself. Be smart. You can, if you just take a little forethought and use your brain, you can be smart. You can make Craigslist deals, and you can be happy with it. Well, we had a couple. You were you were talking about bringing your significant other. We have a couple down here. A guy um, in the service. He brought his wife. They were both shot. Um, so yeah. it, even that's not. They're not dead. Foolproof. But he's not. His naval career's over, and uh, her, you know, you know, she's not doing great either so it's a terrifying thing and i i hope that nobody has to go through that yeah it's um, terrible it so really do that do, do do your due diligence take care of yourselves when you're doing these kind of deals yeah so now with all the grim stuff is done uh, i have a question for you jim yeah, how sure. about use how about use pedals would you buy a used pedal tendency <sighs> see now there's another one no because i'll, I'll be completely honest there's two things that goes along with used pedals. Number one, used pedals usually are not much cheaper than a new one. I'll put I'll put that out there. It's, that I mean, is you're not true. saving a lot of money unless you're buying like a um, low end pedal, like say it's a Boss DS1 or you know Boss DS2 or whatever. Yeah, I mean at max I've only gotten like maybe fifty bucks off new. Yeah. So and so I'm not saving a lot of money. And to be honest with you, I kind of want that because if I get a pedal. I may like it five days later, hate it. Yeah. It's happened well, with so and, many things. But, and, but Jim, but Jim, I would argue that's the reason to buy used because then you don't have any depreciation. You get your money right back out of it. True. But um, I'll say that what if it doesn't work? What's my I protection? Have not, I have not run into that. Now, um, I, know that now I know that there's protection in um, Reverb. And I know yeah, there's and some that's protection the I in do most, eBay. I do most of my selling and buying through Reverb yeah. or – Reverb and or uh, eBay and or I've done Craigslist. I've also done I've done the Facebook deals through 60 Cycle before too. Uh, as long as you're paying with PayPal, I mean you can buy online pretty much as long as you're yeah. not PayPal gifting. If you don't yeah. know about PayPal gift, do not buy something via PayPal gift no. with people you do not know or do not trust. Right, you will get burned. It has happened to many a person. Yes. And you have no buyer protection and no seller protection when using PayPal gift. That's right. You so. have no recourse. Don't use gifting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I, I think that when it comes to, again, when it comes to pedals, absolutely no. Um, so I have a friend of mine who's got a, an actual centaur. It's a centaur? The, yeah, uh, a clon centaur, right. A clon centaur. He's got a gold clon centaur. That's for sale right now. If anybody's interested, you can contact me. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and I that, can put hey, you in contact with him. A whole lot him. of money for it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but um, yeah, he's like, oh, uh, Josh Scott, do you want another one? <laughs> but you, you know what's funny? He paid like, I don't know, I don't know what yeah, were they like when they were 300 new? Three hundred bucks. When they were, they were like three hundred bucks. Yeah, three like three hundred. They weren't yeah. that bad at all. No, nope. he bought it when they were new and they were on the market. And mm -hmm. uh, most people did. He didn't even know it was any value. He was like, "Yeah, I'm thinking about putting this." He, I, most people thought he was joking because they were like, "He said, yeah, I think about selling this pedal," 
And then, of course, he's he's not a blind to his value. He would have looked it up. He, right. he said, hey, I'm thinking about selling this pedal. What do you guys think? And everybody was like, what are you trying to um, get your kid through the next year of college? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, the, the values on those are outrageous. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they hold their value like that, too. Um, uh, yeah, I know they are the right now, but. Yeah, with all the clones, eventually there's going to be a clone that's better than the original. Yeah, no, that's that's inevitable with anything, I think. Um, yeah, I know. I I'm actually I'm going to disagree with you, Jim, because I like I bought, dude. I don't even know how many pedals I bought through reverb and stuff. And I think there's a big difference between that and Craigslist. Craigslist is a gamble, but at the same time, Craigslist I think you can get better deals because it is a gamble. If you're looking to flip. That's probably the place to go. Yep. Uh, if if you're wanting to buy, you know, because the old saying is uh, buy on Craigslist, flip on Reverb. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to go, like, if you want, okay, so here's a perfect example. I wanted to try out the Catlin uh, Bread Galileo. Yep. At the time, uh, I didn't know of any local dealers, so I hopped on Reverb. I got one for 130 bucks because wow. it is a specialty pedal. I believe they go for 180 new. Uh, so I got it 50 bucks off. Uh, I got to try it out, decided I didn't like it all that much. It was okay. Yeah. Uh, and I flipped it and I actually sold it for 135. So yeah. I made my shipping money back. There you go. Now, the, all right. So I'll say this. I, you got to remember that I am a minimalistic pedal per, pedal user. Yeah. So you're not buying stuff to try it out. Right. Like you already know you have a need for this. And so I understand like you have a totally different attitude about this sort of thing right i'm looking at it right now the only thing i'm looking at is a boss dd500 and you know that so yeah uh, and i was i was tossed between the what is it the the timeline mm -hmm. the uh, timeline yeah the timeline and the dd500 and and so i was like uh, do i want a timeline do i want a dd500 and the truth of the matter is that people even people who are uh strymon fanboys said dd500 the timeline yeah, has kind of reached its um, lifespan as far as its, you know, its processor. I think, I think the, 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 since we're talking about this, I think part of the difference here also too is the usable presets. I think out of the box, the timeline's really easy to dial in. Whereas the DD500, the interface is a little bit different. It's a little more tight to deal with you have to like kind of mess around the menus and stuff for a lot of people that's a big turn off right uh that being said i've had uh i played the timeline i've had a dd500 uh there's a reason i had the dd500 uh they do sound really really good and they're cheaper yep. so, yeah yeah and you're talking about a hundred dollar difference so the yeah. learning curve is it worth your hundred dollars the learning curve i found the tone <clears throat> again remember i have to have darker sounds yes yeah, you and, were talking about that you need darker stuff yeah and so i kind of tend to lean into the dd500 because it tended to have a darker output and for mm -hmm. me that's a, that's an important thing you know, the, the big drawback for the dd500 for me was that it didn't have a ton of tape sounds and it. it has to it has an echoplex which i believe is based on the ep1 and then it also has a Roland space echo which are basically the two main uh, tape delay types, but I, it would have been nice to have like an echo rack in there, maybe some other things like that. And they use a lot of processing power for doing uh, vintage digital delays, which yeah. was kind of weird to me. Yeah. Again, you know, I'm going to be, I'll probably be a two or three preset set. And that's guy. how I was too. And, and I probably won't use beyond that. And the truth of the matter is I will never, 
even whether it's the timeline or the DD500, I would never go beyond the the basic one or two presets that I would use. Yeah, I went through. I had my delay phase. I had I had a bunch of different delay pedals, and I ended up the DD500. But that's I, basically how I arrived there. I throw delay delay on a um, lead sounds, and I turn it off. I can't stand it. My rhythm sounds. I just can't stand it. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it in rhythm as well. Uh, well, it depends on what I'm trying to do. If it's a slow rhythm part, maybe. Right. But... It's one thing if you're doing like, if you're if you're covering Pink Floyd, and you're doing Run or Like Bridge Hell, Size or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But if you're covering your standard rock and top forty format stuff, in it's not necessary. Nah, it's not really gonna, and it kind of muddies up the sound. So. Now, when you're live, you're a live player too, and that and that has a big uh, impact on that as well. It does. But yeah, I I just, I just like for me, if you want to try something out, like let's say, so you just bought your Strymon Sunset, right? Like if you if you saw a pedal online and you you couldn't find any reviews on it that were like video reviews that were decent audio quality, but you know the feature set of the pedals there, you're like, man, I really don't want to take the chance on me not getting my fifty bucks back out of this pedal, like. Buy it online. Just buy one. Yep. Well, you know what drove me to the Strymon was I was looking online. Number one, there's very yeah, few the resale of the sunsets. Value. What, re- what yeah. resale value? Like they're, they they go for as much new as they you know, or yeah, as used, used as they do new. new. Yep. I can get $20 almost every, difference. That's right. I can get almost every penny of it back. So I really wasn't taking a big gamble on it. So don't give don't make me out to be a hero. Because <laughs> you know, I wasn't. And, and, you know the funny thing, and, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to talk about this just because I want to put this out there. Reverb published a list of the top 10 selling pedals in 2015 or 2016, uh-huh. and I think they do it every year. They, I, I don't know. They might do it every year. Right. But anyway, I don't recall seeing any of the Strymon stuff on there. If there was, it was think, like the LCAP. I think it was like the LCAP. Yeah, I don't and think – And that was it. I don't think that really they are top selling – because well, 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 you don't have a lot of them that sell. It's not well, well, I'm, it, what drives the cost of the of the used ones isn't the fact that that they're great. It's the fact that you really can't find a lot of used ones, and if you just want to save a few bucks and you're willing to I go don't even used, think it, I don't even think it's that. I think it's desirability. Yeah, I think they're very desirable, and so even if you have one that you don't intend on selling, you list it. And if somebody's going to throw up that money, then you say, "Okay, you can have this one." Yeah, and, and then you go get another in the one. Interim. Yeah, All right. Yeah, I, I honestly, I you have a sunset. Yep. I have not owned any Strymon pedals. I've tried a couple. Yep. Um, I don't think they're bad. I just yeah, like for me, for me, price wise, you can get a lot of good stuff for those prices. I can say this. So now I have it. It costs what three hundred dollars total. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Now a lot of people could, would say to me, "Well, you could have done a lot more with your three hundred dollars." Well, yeah, yes and no. I don't know. When you're talking about drive pedals, good drive pedals will dri- cost you. Yeah, most of your good drive pedals were of a of a hundred and fifty two hundred dollars, and this thing is a two sided drive pedal that actually I, I found a lot of use for. I've totally stopped using the dirty side of my amp um, since I got it, and now. I can stack it with a, believe it or not, I stack it with itself, and I stack it with a uh, blues driver, and all I do with the blues driver is give it a clean boost to to yeah. push it a little more for my lead tones, and I've actually kind of changed the way I play my leads a little bit and given myself a little more gain 
um, and start using my clean side more. What does this does this make your amp less important? No, no. And that we should do an amp in the box thing later. But you know, um, I still don't. I still think the amp is more important than it ever was. Because believe it or not, the clean side of the amp is what tells me whether or not I like an amp, not the dirty side. Dirty side of an amp for is most. Just- yeah, and I found that to be true too because the clean side basically d- defines for you how much bass characteristic you're going to get out of the amp, what your treble end looks like, like what. And I I always think of it visually because I'm you know in that the digital uh, recording generation where we have these like you know timelines across the screen and waveforms exactly. and all this. And I always look at it like an EQ curve, and I think, is this you know is this a smile curve amp or right. is this you know a, a frown right. or is this a flat amp? And those things really make a big difference in terms of what, how pedals are going to work with them. It does. Good good point of reference. There is a that pedal show video uh, that you guys can go check out. Actually, go check out all their stuff if you haven't watched it. Um, there's lots of good info there. But they talk about the three main types of amps, and then they talk about what the EQ, the EQ curves and how different pedals affect those three different types of amps. And it's a huge deal because it. I mean, it, Jim's talking about his DSL 40s which he uses, uh, he's got a pair of them, and the clean setting, uh, and how it's pushed with this this Strymon pedal. Now, that's not going to push a Fender amp the same way or a Vox amp the same way or one Absolutely. of those three generic tonalities. Absolutely. Um, and it and would, actually, some, it would wind up being some a... amps hate pedals. I mean, yep. it's like, don't fucking put this in front of me. Like, so... Uh, actually I've heard the, I've heard some things about a couple of MXR pedals and, uh, Mesa's not, not cooperating and, uh, specifically the, the EVH, the 5150 pedal. Uh, I've heard yeah. that it does not sound good in front of the Mark 525. Really? Uh, got, got a friend who, who, uh, actually works in the music store who has one and, uh, I don't know which one he returned. No, I think he kept the Mark V. I think he sold it later, but he was basically saying, no, it did not sound good in front of that amp at all. And I thought that was kind of funny because like I've had a completely opposite experience with my Mark V. Everything I've thrown in front of it is just loved. Well, if Especially you have a, a, you ought to, you ought to get yourself a 5150 pedal and see what it, see what it sounds like. You know, the, the thing is that they probably loaned me one to be honest. Yeah. That's what uh, I'm saying. So you could always, yeah, you could, uh, the thing I love about some of these stores is you can, you can put your money down and they're just holding it. You can take it home, try it out, and bring it back. That's really oh, what you're doing to get money now. Most of the time, anyway. They, they, I spend so much damn money. They're just like, take it, yeah. pay me later. Yeah. And there've been a couple times where they've sent me home with like thousand dollar amps, and then I'm sitting there like, God damn it, I gotta buy this thing now. Yeah. See, because like I don't want to haul it back. Yeah, like, but that's like games the, me. <laughs> yeah, that's like the um the car company that's the the car dealership that sends take you home with a forty thousand. Take it home, try it out. We'll have your car right here when you get back. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, you get to the to the thing that the Strymon, it was very important for me to watch as many videos as I could. And one of the important things, like we were talking about earlier, was since this was a pig and a poke, because there were no Strymon pedals for me to try. That's the thing about Strymon. There were no sunsets in this area for me to give, give it a shot out. And you, you know, because we talked, you know, during our bromance calls and I said, do I really want to do this? Should I get one in here? Should I try it out? And I was so scared. I literally was scared to try this thing out with my, with my amp. Cause I'm like, I'm doing a Les Paul into a Marshall and this pedal is going to sit in my front end 
on my clean channel because nothing's going in front of the dirty channel. When I use the dirty channel, it's just the dirty channel. Nothing goes in front of it. So yeah. what am I going to get out of this? Because what's the, what's the, what's the um, EQ curve on my Marshall DSL-40? It is probably uh, inverse swell. Right. I would think. Right. It's frown, right? I know everybody says they got – I know that Marshall – oh, Marshalls have a big bottom. But they don't really have much below 100 hertz. No, yeah. I don't notice the big bottom. But again, you know my playing style. It doesn't, it doesn't um, uh, give to that. So if you're looking at my curve, what is that Strymon going to do for me? Because remember, everybody talks about, oh, yeah, you can sit there and you can – with the level. Most of your – I don't care how good your uh, EQ is on your pedal because uh, the Wampler – the Wampler Paisley Deluxe, Paisley Drive Deluxe, whatever it is, the new one, mm-hmm. that was the only one I thought, oh, if I don't like this, I'm going to get one of those. I'm going to try it out because it was brand oh, new when I, when I ordered this. I mean, literally, okay. <clears throat> Wampler announced it right after I ordered my Strymon. It was like Wampler said, huh, guess what else we got? Oh, you asshole. I just, I just ordered this thing. Now, I did a pig and a poke. Uh, pedal, um, and actually, I got really lucky because everybody in Sexy Cycle and the Gear Slum and all the surrounding groups oh. were buying Pelotage from uh, from Leon. And I kind of watched the videos, and initially, I'm a fuzz guy, like we know this. And I watched the videos yes. initially, and I was like, "Yeah, it sounds kind of cool," but I got pedals that do similar stuff already. And then the you know the kind of vibe about it kept being brought up again, and I started watching some of the demo videos more. And then I was like, you know what? It's 170 bucks. It's not horribly expensive. I'm going to get in touch with Leon. I'm going to order one. And I had a conversation with Leon. I said, what guarantee do I have that this thing is going to be a legit pedal? I mean, this is the first thing you're putting out. You Obviously, you've got guys vouching for you, but, you know, they're all in this small, like, close-knit community. And I know that sounds kind of jerkish, but, like, I was just kind of – I was spending a lot of money at that time, and I didn't want to spend money on something that I didn't need. Hey, that's so how I—that's w- how I missed out on the fifty-fifty. I made the mistake of taking the time to ask him what kind of, you know, and then I didn't get one. <laughs> the, no. the last three sold so, while I was getting my answer. So I—I um, I got a Peltar from him, and initially, I was just—I was just floored. Like to be honest with you, it's the be- one of the best fuzzes I've ever played. And it's so usable and it's so flexible because it has both types of fuzz in it and you've got kind of a blend knob and stuff. Everybody knows the Peltar controls that's probably listening to this podcast. If you don't, go check them out. Uh, Talk to Leon. He can tell you all about it. Um, I got another one from him actually as part of the Christmas giveaway from 60 Cycle. And he sent me one. And honestly, me and that one are attached to the hip. It's it's a black edition. I guess it has a little bit more mids. Um, I've never actually AB'd them, but it does feel different. Um, it feels like it has more mids. Uh, so I kept that one and that's in my toolbox. Both of those pedals actually I have them both. Uh, I have a fetish for anything that Leon puts out now because I know that a lot of his circuits are kind of derivative of what he was doing on that one. And he's applying a lot of the same knowledge in his ears. And then of course the amps he tests through and all that to try and develop these circuits just seem to work well with the rig that I have right now. So I, I do want to get uh, – I know he's got some other pedals out now. He has a Germanium uh, Pelotar that he's done with Spruce Effects, and then he also has uh, the 5050, which um, 
I hope to be getting my hands in one of the second run because I was broke when the last run came out. Yeah. And then uh, I I also like to get his uh, half horse. I had a, which I don't have that yet. I had the cash in hand, and it was it was ready to go. And all I needed was somebody to say, "Hey, here's your here's your okay." And and they were right when when they answered me. They just said, "Jim, if you don't like it, sell it for exactly what you paid or more." And I, I can't said, believe they're selling like they are. I said, "Okay." I've seen these things going on reverb. I'm like, "What?" Yeah. So I said, "Okay, I'll do that." And it was gone. The one I wanted. It's and it's gone. Anybody that's a South Park fan knows what that means. And it's gone. And that was it. So, was it. I, I, I was going to say, <laughs> oh, no. Um, content deleted. No, yes. Uh, Whoop. So, <laughs> Boop. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> sight unseen pedals. Uh, yes. I did the Pelotar that way. I've done a lot of pedals that way. I've never actually gotten burned. Um, that's I've, interesting. In fact. I bought some boss pedals that look like they've been through a war. Oh, you should see. Oh, you saw that BD2 I almost bought. I said, ah. Oh, yeah, and that was nothing, man. Like, I had one that was it had no paint on it. And yeah. you're like, oh, this looks terrible. I'm like, it still works. <laughs> I should have <laughs> to... gone with it because I would have saved $50. I mean, the truth of the matter is you are absolutely right. And that was in a store. I, I still had two weeks that I could have taken it home. And like, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if you're buying from a store, it's a whole other animal. It's when you're buying person to person, yeah. that's when it becomes kind of sketchy. And of course, like if you're doing deals with people you know, that's another thing. Like on like on Facebook, that's right. But if you're if you're doing Craigslist deals, yep. make sure you get your money's worth. Go in, say, look, you know, hey, I have no guarantee this is gonna work. Right. If the guy's cool, just be like, look, can I get you? Can I give you like ten dollars less? Right. You know, and, and just try to work a deal with them. A lot of times you'll find people on Craigslist just don't want to ship it. Yeah, yeah. And so they're willing to take a little bit of a hit. That's right. And they just don't want to ship it. Plus, but again, I'm not the guy that's going to tell you to go, you know, find your local drug dealer or, or drug people and then buy gear from them. And a lot of times you're going to get rock bottom prices. Right. But. A lot of times your your Craigslist people are also looking for a quick a quick um, dump. They, it's not that they need, you know drug money they're looking for okay, oh i, I need... joke about it and it's I... terrible i got no no, no i'm talking about i'm talking about the um i'm not talking about the guy that, that comes up to you and he's like oh yeah man you got the money you got the money oh can i give yeah, you 50 yeah. dollars i got less? this pedal yeah, if you yeah, got the money yeah. oh, just give me some money just give me some money you got some more of that uh pelican noise work stuff i mean you know it's like <laughs> well we're addicted to the pedal so i know we're just as bad you got some more of that right? pelican noise work stuff i got more money okay um, it's, a, it's a little different i mean yeah. we're we don't have a chemical dependency exactly no we have a brain chemical dependency yeah that's even stuff. worse i mean that's my thing about les pauls i'll walk in i've got so i've got two les pauls i've got my other guitars but i've got two les pauls and i still when i go into guitar center i look up at the les pauls at the top shelf you know the ones at the very end, high end that are like four, five, six thousand dollars. I still go. I really need that. <laughs> I yeah, don't, oh, man, I don't yeah, need yeah, that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll close. We'll close. We'll close out with this. Let's 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 talk about That's this right. addiction thing for a minute. That's right. I I okay. So I made kind of a silly joke a minute ago about drug addiction, which is really insensitive, and yes, apologize is. to anybody who's ever had to deal with this problem. I have people in my family who've, who've had substance abuse issues oh, yeah. um, and cl close family members who've had substance abuse issues. And to be honest with you, that was very insensitive of me. However, I will say this. I know people have lost jobs over music stuff at work. Yes. I've never done it, but I can tell you right now, 
all you guys working in your cubicles, looking at Sweetwater all day long, like, hmm, I want this Gibson. Guess what? I our, want this guess what our Thunder. IT guys are doing? Yeah, <laughs> we're watching what you're watching. I'll give well, you. A, I'll give you a um, real a real example, real life example. It wasn't guitar stuff, but we had a guy buying marijuana at work. He was buying it from a Canadian site. So we were watching. We we watched. You know, traffic, and there it was. You know, I have so many horror story, IT horror stories oh. about things that I've seen happen, or things that I know other. My boss, for example, has seen happen yeah. on the job, and uh, yeah, they would make your stomach crawl. Yeah. Uh, do not for a second think that the stuff you do at work is not being monitored. Exactly. Please, for the love of God, I don't want to see your naked photos. Don't post them on your work computer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're you're uh, not Anthony Weiner, but um, no. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. But the <laughs> no, big thing no, is... hashtag me too. That's right. But don't, you know, when it comes to um, to uh, buying stuff, um, be responsible, you know? Yeah. Um, try to try to stay in there. But again, when it comes to buying something that you, you haven't seen, you haven't touched, you haven't felt, remember, you haven't seen it, you haven't touched it, you haven't felt it. Protect yourself in whatever way it can, whether that's... By getting, you know, going through reverb, using PayPal protection, get buying it from a place that's reputable and will allow you at least a few days, if not two weeks to, um, I think, Guitar Center is up to 60 days, 45, 45 days. Even used gear now is 45 days. Um, you have 45 days to take that thing home and uh, use it. And if you don't like it, bring it back, as long as it's in the same state that it was in when you bought it. Yeah, I... Um... I, I agree completely, Jim. I think use your brain. If you want to buy something unseen, trust your instincts. Yeah. I think your instincts are usually pretty good about, hey, this deal seems a little too good to be true. Uh, this person clearly doesn't know much about this piece of equipment. It could be stolen. Right. Those are things that I, I've heard people getting involved in situations uh, involving buying stolen merchandise and then realizing that they have to give it to police for evidence and then potentially getting into trouble themselves. Always ask for a bill of sale if possible. If it's a Craigslist deal, cash only. Yep. You don't want to get into any of that sort of situation. Um, Craigslist tends to be fairly anonymous anyway, but just look for things like you know, scratched off serial numbers and stuff like that. Protect right. yourself. Yep. Basically, don't get involved in shady deals. And uh, make sure that you know you're just uh, you're just doing the right things and you know fighting the good fight. So um, upcoming episodes, by the way, we are we are uh, sponsored by Deathwish Coffee, and we are sort of, sort of powered by Deathwish by Coffee. Death Coffee. Yeah, our sponsorship is is very. <laughs> we haven't <laughs> talked to him in a while. We probably should get him an email over there. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm hoping to go visit them in a couple of weeks. Um, so cool. <clears throat> in person. So I'll talk to them and see what's up. Um, Anyway, uh, the um, the other thing is, uh, we'll we'll we've got some interviews coming. Uh, we've got our next woman in music that's coming up. We yeah. won't drop a name. I'm excited yet. about that one. I am too. She's very uh, uh, influential in Texas and um, uh, in guitar world. Um, she's a singer songwriter. Um, very excited about that. We've got a uh, heavy metal. Um, uh, engineer uh would you call he doesn't he even records cookie monster vocals he does he does it all i mean so. i have to say 
I was watching some videos of this cat, and when we actually do his interview, we'll have to post him in there. Yep. But he's got these videos of these guys like doing the Cookie Monster vocal thing. Yep. And if you've never watched a dude do the Cookie Monster vocal thing, it is the most – like they got lyrics in front of him, and you just kind of sit there and you go, "Why?" I can't even understand what he's saying. Exactly. Why? Like I just don't have the ear for it. Yeah. It's not that I don't appreciate that kind of music. I do listen to some bands that do have Cookie Monster vocals. But the whole thing is like – do you really need lyrics? It just sounds like grunting, guys. I mean, I, I honestly just kind of sat there and went, I, I, I don't even know what to do with this. And then the best part is to get halfway through a take and then they stop and they go, wind it back. We'll do it again in their yeah. normal voice. Yeah. And you're like, how what do happened? You, how do you get in and out of that? My, I, I have a nephew that can do that and I just don't understand it. Um, and as a vocalist, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. But um, the, uh, uh, the other thing is we've got um, uh, so he's he's going to be joining us. His his uh, sound um, recording place is uh, Hampton, Virginia. I remember. Yeah, right. we'll be talking to him. And um, no so, more clues. They don't need to know who these people are, Jim. That's it. That's that's the best you're going to get. Hampton Road, Virginia. Keep something exclusive. We got to keep something exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> no more clues. Um, <clears throat> the other side of things, uh, we've got. Uh, we're going to, you know, it, an upcoming cast, and I'm throwing this out there. Dave doesn't even know. We're going to talk about um, when do you give up the uh, quest for tone? When have you found tone and said, okay, Never. that's it. That's it. I'm not buying any more crap. I am done. Never. <laughs> Never. You cannot. I, I. You cannot. If you are a guitar player, you cannot do this. This is not. I. This is something that is not possible. I've suddenly, I've suddenly. Uh, you awakened the, the beast. I, yeah, I, like, I was awakened the beast. I poked the bear. So we'll we'll talk about that because I spent, I spent uh, a good amount of the forty plus years that I've been playing guitar, happy with my tongue. And I'm. What I'm, the hell is wrong with you? I know. I'm. I'm ridiculously <laughs> stupid. <clears throat> As a matter of fact. Once I have the right uh, delay um, and possibly did, did, one did, more drive Jim, pedal Jim, that we've Jim, spoken about the, earlier, the, I may be the dip, done. Done. The For another here, 15, 20 years. The difference here is not being done, but it's being happy. Okay. Yes, you happy. can be happy and not done. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll get into that. And that we is what we're going to have to discuss. About this. That's right. So, um, Anyway, those are the things we've got coming uh, with December. We we really want to thank everybody. The podcast don't forget is the really... string challenge. We haven't talked about that in a while. We oh, are yeah. doing the uh, string AB testing challenge with the four brands of strings. Uh, follow up with us to find out more details. That will be that contest will be getting underway probably in February. I think yes, February. Where we'll actually have the voting. Um, I actually uh, just think about that because I got to change strings this weekend. So yep, I've got a. I've got this weekend. I'm going to be driving through the strings one more weekend. I want to give them one more weekend, then I'm going to change them out. Did you do, did you do your early testing or are you just doing uh, the late testing? Like after you this played is the it? late testing. I did the early did testing you, already. Oh, so you already did do the recordings. All right, yeah. great. So this is this is string set one's gonna come off next week. String set two will come off uh, or go on um, directly after and get the same amount of time. So um, yeah, they're they're taking time, but we want to do this right. You don't want to just throw on a set of strings. Ding ding ding! Oh look, they're so good. You didn't even play them for five minutes. 
You know, it's it, I just don't. Again, I'm I'm going to be the guy that comes in bad cop because I just don't see. I don't get excited about strings. I don't care. Uh, the truth of the matter is, I played Ernie Balls for years. I'm then sorry. I went to. Yep, I've only recently gone to NYXLs, and the truth is, I went kicking and screaming. Yeah, I did so, too, actually. So um, I, I will say that the NYXLs do give me a little bit better uh, quality. Um, and when I say recently, it's only been in. When did the NYXLs come out? Maybe a couple of years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Um, yeah. And somebody said, "Hey, you should try these out," and I started using them. Um, so that's that's as re- I have. Like 20 packs of Ernie Ball Super Slinkies still sitting around. Oh. I, those might be part of my giveaway. Um. <laughs> are they are they rusty? No, they're brand new in the bags. Brand new in the packages. Are, are, are you sure? <laughs> Positive, 100%. Yeah, well, I, I, I remember I, pull, I pulled out an Ernie Ball string one time out of, out of the, uh, the, these little, are, the little... Some of them might be, might actually date back to the 80s. Some of these packs might... Yeah, no, I know. Back. But I like we used to buy the one-offs, right? Yeah, and they would just yeah. like randoms. And we'd pull one out and we opened it and it was like a G-string. I think it was like a... Uh, it was like a 13 or something. I don't know what it was. So we opened it up and it was like covered in rust. Yeah. I like, can... how old is this effing thing? Well, you know what? The truth is that some of these might date as late or as early as 87 and as late as maybe 93, 94. So some of these strings might actually have that. You know, you mentioned that. Why have they not put like dates on strings that say, okay, use best if used before? <laughs> because come on. They can rust, they and they used to, to put them in the little cheap paper bags. Conspiracy. They're they just... want you to get. I know that's what I'm saying. They want you to get tetanus. Yeah. Oh, then Ernie they could... Ball is trying to kill you. And they're working with the big pharmacy companies to get us tetanus, so that we have to get tetanus shots. Yeah, big, big farm. Yeah. yeah, big farm. And the and the earth is again. flat. The earth is flat. I, I, as a matter of fact, Deathwish Coffee um, said that the earth is flat because Deathwish Coffee, Deathwish Coffee, Deathwish Coffee. Guess what? The Earth is whatever the hell you want it to be. I don't even care. All right. Have a good one, guys. Thank you all. Bye.